Do you accept that life is about suffering and death? Or do you have a sense within, from beyond, however you might want to look at it, that there's so much more to you and me and, and life and living than, than only this existence here on earth, which we all know very, very well is temporary. It's guaranteed. Anything that was not at one point and now is at one point, again, will not be. Welcome to A Curious Yogi Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby, here to illuminate your practice as we discover what it means to walk the yogi's path. Together with wise friends and awakening teachers, we uncover the answers to our greatest questions. I'm so delighted you're here. Now let's get curious. All right, curious yogis, we're back for another episode. I just love hosting this podcast. The conversations are so illuminating and inspiring, and I just really want to say that. (laughs) And if you have enjoyed listening to Curious Yogi Podcast, if there's any guests that you've loved hearing and having on the show, hit me up. I want to connect. I love to hear your feedback. I love to read all your reviews. So let me know what you think of the show. And let's just keep rising up. Keep leveling up the vibe. I love, love, love it. So this week I have a really beautiful conversation to share with you that I actually had back at early in the summer and just now is the moment that I get to share it. And editing it and listening to it was so wonderful. It is such a joy to introduce you to Kevin Hewitt who is a dear old friend of mine, and Kevin has been studying, practicing, and teaching meditation for over 40 years. That is so much meditation. That is a true yogi right there. Majority of his life dedicated to meditation. Kevin offers private sessions as well as group guided meditations, and he regularly hosts live sessions on Insight Timer, with words, guided meditation, with music. He's a brilliant singer and musician. So I would highly recommend sitting down in your comfy chair, closing your eyes and hearing this beautiful wisdom that Kevin shares with us that's just come to him through his years of contemplative study of what it means to be human and how to recognize our true nature as ever free and pure. He speaks with such clarity, with such conviction and kindness and dignity to the human being while reminding us to keep our attention on the truth of who we are. So enjoy this episode. Without further ado, here we go. Welcome to a Curious Yogi podcast, Kevin. It's such a honor and joy and delight to have not only your friendship in life but just your generosity of wisdom and space here on the podcast well thank you so much bobby it's really great to have this time with you and i'm really excited to talk to you today and have this time to just explore some of those things that are really important to me important to you and important to all the wonderful people listening today mm-hmm. in the last like couple weeks i've been kind of contemplating this 
idea or this word of the jigyasu, you know, the kind of curious seeker, the one that's really digging something more in life, which I think is not so common in the world. A lot of people kind of just plug along with their blinders on and it's so special to connect with anybody that's inspired to inquire deeper and I know that's a way that you have lived most of your life and you've dedicated a lot of your life to practicing what like <laughs> I don't even know how to put the language on it maybe you can explain to the listeners what is the work of your life what is the purpose of your life well, that's a great question. <laughs> and the fact is that no, I just wanted to start by saying that I really love the way you refer to yourself as the curious yogi, because curious what? Curious about what? What does that mean to be curious? To be that jigyasu, or the one who's making that vichar or inquiry. A jigyasu is simply one who is making inquiry. The vichar is the actual inquiry. And the inquiry is what? what it, where is it coming from? Where is it going to? What's the purpose of all of this? So as a child, I just very naturally found myself asking what could be considered the big questions of life. Like, what am I here for? What is life about? What is going on here? And I remember as a child feeling that it was as if everyone knew a secret, that everybody shared a secret that everybody knew but nobody talked about. And I thought, what was that? What could that be? So my life has unfolded and I'm so grateful for this unfoldment in such a way that I was able to really kind of unpack that question of what is life all about? What is its purpose? What is the meaning of it? What is actually going on here? That we've, all of this has been created for some reason, presumably. <laughs> so what is that reason? So that was sort of my initial sort of discovery in life that there was something to be found that I needed to find and I used to sit and look at the sky at night and just imagine like all of this is going to be finished one day like no matter how infinite this is and a friend of mine reminded me of it in recent years that as little kids we would sit and look at the, the night sky and the stars together and I would talk about how one day all of this is going to be finished <laughs> I don't know where I got that idea but that was something that was important to me so the point being that right from a very early age I was always aware of the temporary nature of life and living, Temp of life as a form, as life in a form. At the same time, I was also feeling that, like, if God is everywhere and God is everything, at what point and in what way can God stop as if being God and become a form that is temporary if God is existing forever? Now, if anyone has a problem with the word God, I certainly respect them, of course, and so I'm, I'm just using that word for our conversation here, but substitute the word self, spirit, whatever is comfortable for you, of course, if that's, if that's a problem. So my inquiry was into myself, into the world, into the universe, and I didn't get a lot of answers, but I had a sense of something, and that sense maintained me, if you will, and carried me through many life experiences and supported me until at the age of 21, there were some huge, huge changes in my life over a very short period of time. Within basically two months, I went from having a grandmother, a mother, a father, and all this extended family around me, if to fast forward to the month of, from August to September, finding myself sitting alone at a kitchen table at home, 
just nobody around. Everything was gone. My father had gone off to Europe on a conference, but the point being, my mother passed away, my grandmother passed away. It was huge, huge changes in my life. And yes, I felt really the grieving that was there, of course. It was, it was, it was immense. But at the same time, it was so clear to me that a huge chapter of my life had finished and a new chapter was beginning. And so very soon after I found myself sitting at the kitchen table alone, I don't have siblings, so there's no brothers or sisters around, I went to our local YMCA and I took, I registered for a yoga class. And in those days, it was 1979. Yoga was not anything like it is now. It was certainly there. It's been there for, for centuries, of course, as we know, but it wasn't the way it is now in the West where I grew up in Canada. So I took this yoga class and it was, it was great. I loved the postures. I loved going through all the asanas. I loved everything about it. And I especially, particularly loved the very end of the class at the time when we would just lie in Shavasana and just lie there after doing all these different postures to just lie there and just really kind of take off to just sort of go somewhere. And it wasn't, I was very aware, it wasn't sleep. It felt kind of like sleep because I wasn't thinking, I wasn't active at that time. But it was much more than sleep. It was a connection, a settling into, a journey to, an experience of, <clears throat> pardon me, myself in a very profound and very, very familiar way. So it was, ex it was exciting it and it was the sense I had was, wow, this is so familiar. I want more of this. Because I had been talking about many of the things that the yoga teacher talked about in the class. And when I would talk about these things with people, very often they would look at me like, I don't understand what you're talking about. This is too much for me. Or this is making my, my head hurt, <laughs> thinking the way you're talking about the things you're talking about. So I felt very alone up until that point. But I didn't mind that. I didn't, wasn't glad that I was feeling alone, but I was okay with it because there was something inside that was so clear and strong and resilient no matter what. That when I met this teacher, and this teacher was saying the same things I had been talking about, it was like, wow, this is amazing. This is fantastic. And I wanted to, to know more. I wanted to learn more. I wanted to experience more. So that was really a major turning point in my early 20s, actually, that this happened. I can totally relate to that feeling of the first yoga class and that experience in Shavasana where it's like, yeah, it appears as rest, but it's clearly something so much deeper after like the spaciousness has been created in the body. And I had the same, I have the same like very vivid memory of my first time, not doing the asanas, but of like laying there after and hearing, feeling some sense of truth in that experience that actually I couldn't find the language at the time or like kind of interpret it with my mind but it was just that resonance of truth that then I think gives the curious one oh, I want to what is that I want a little more of that like let me get some dig deeper is that what you felt as you sort of felt the winds changing in your life as you started heading in a as if different direction absolutely and Yes, the, there is that aspect of digging deeper. I want more of this. I want to find out more. <clears throat> but at the same time, there was this overwhelming sense of recognition of something that was already there. Mm -hmm. 
that had always been there and that always would be there. That was the overwhelming sense of it. So yes, definitely on a certain level, I needed to learn more about this, these postures. I needed to learn more about the, all of that which is connected to the practice and so on, both of yoga and meditation. But at the same time, that, all of that unfoldment was revealing an awareness of that which was already there and is already there. And so that's one amazing thing that really came out very clearly in all of this. And that is with everyone, everyone listening today has the same space of vastness of infinity within them and is what we're made of, in fact. This has been my experience and continues to be my experience and as the years go by and all of the different experiences come and go, that there is a space within that is unchanging and undying. And that we can certainly develop our minds, our brains, and we should. It's absolutely the most beautiful thing that we can gift it, this mind, this brain. And then to learn and to develop is certainly the most wonderful thing that we can be doing with these brains and these minds and so on. And at the same time, there's this awareness which is already completely intact and in place within each one of us. That can be the awareness of that, the awareness of the awareness that can be unfolded through the practice of meditation, through yoga, and because they, it all goes together, it's all part of the same thing together. So the point being that we can learn and we can think about things, as you, as you said, you didn't have words for it. I didn't have words for my experience in Shavasana either, but there was an awareness there. And the two things happen together, both the thought, we can use words to describe this, we can have words that point towards something, but the actual experience, the actual just presence of that reveals itself or is simply itself beyond words, beyond the mind, though it can be experienced through the mind. Can I ask you like what was, because I'm thinking of the listeners or myself as a young person, I'm kind of like putting myself in the shoes of Kevin as 21 and like how much conviction one must have to really step on to a spiritual path and I know it take, can take infinite possibilities and look infinite ways but to sort of challenge the status quo in a way where everybody in the world not everybody but vast majority of people in the world there is that sense inside but there's the pressure and the conditioning have to be a good family member a good partner a good employee career money that, that and we get so far out from that so it's so precious and rare as we know the people or the person or the being that has the conviction inside to say this is the purpose of this incarnation this is the purpose of this brilliant mind is to actually inquire deeper to find the truth of who we are what would you say like is that conviction that is in the being that was in your being that gave you the courage to actually not go against the status quo, but in a way, shift your life on a, with a different focus. Conviction is a really interesting topic, and it's a, really, it's a really great word, because what is that which is the conviction, whatever that is with that, which drives us forward, which motivates us, which inspires us, which delights us and, and excites us? Well, the thing is that we're all connected to life, we're all connected to that source of life, that life spring within. We're all, we wouldn't be here if we weren't connected to it. 
whether we're aware of it or not, we're, ha- we're connected to that. The flow of life is such that it always wants to be with itself. It always wants to know itself. It always wants to support itself. So when we have a conviction towards something, it's to enhance our lives, to enhance some quality of our life, to be aware of that life energy within. And on the mind level, we can have ideas of what we want to do or what we should do. And sometimes those align really well with our life energy, our life force, and support it, serve us. I use the word serve kind of synonymously with support. So that which serves us is that which supports us, supports our life energy, the quality of it, the nature of it, the abundance of it, and also the remembrance of it. That's where meditation is so useful and helpful, is that it can help unfold the awareness of that life energy within. So, in terms of a conviction or something that drives us forward, it's really important to have awareness, to be clear as to what it is that I want in life, what it is I want about life, what is it that I maybe don't want or don't like. And on the level of choices, there's always consequences. Whether we do this or do we do that, whether we choose this or we choose that, there's always going to be some sort of a consequence. And so in choosing things, it's really important, if one can, to just be aware of what it is that is our essential driving force. What is it, what is it that is our essential conviction? Because we already have it just by being born, just by taking birth, in whatever way we've taken birth. We have had some kind of conviction just to show up here on planet Earth at this time. So what is just tuning into that and really discerning what channels, what pathways can I take, what experiments can I make, and what discoveries can I make along the way that really support that connection to my life source, my life spring. And in that, in that process, we may find that there are things that we need to pick up there are things that we need to let go of, things that we that are completely out of our control, that we have no control about, that we have to go along with. So, to sort of bring all this to one point, what's in my experience, what I've observed and continue to observe, the conviction that for me has been most important is that conviction to myself, to know myself as I truly am. Everything else is not less but is secondary to that. And so the choices that I've made in my life and continue to make, I always wish that they reflect my conviction to knowing myself as who I truly am. (coughs) And if I make a choice or I make a decision or I go in a certain direction that doesn't seem to be working out that way, then to recognize that I have the freedom always available to me to then choose a new path or to let go of something and pick up something new. Often, we're not aware of how free we actually are. We feel, we think in a certain way that we don't have choices. We feel that we have to do certain things. We feel that we have no options. We feel that we're out of control or we have no control. And granted, there are definitely situations that can come up that seem that way because everything has a momentum to it. 
our very, the planets, the stars, the universe, everything has a kind of momentum to it. And we, as microcosms of the macrocosm, and yet being no less than that macrocosm, in a microcosm temporary form, as if, have also a momentum in us and that flows through our lives. So if we've made decisions that have taken us down a certain path, there's a certain momentum that will carry us down that path and continues to carry us on that way. And if we want to change course, it can be challenging. It can be certainly full of different obstacles and different things. The question is, how important is it to you? What is it that you really want? And this is where meditation can be so helpful because it can reveal very gently, very sweetly, very purely and very innocently from within what it is that is really of importance and necessary in our life, in our lives. And so all of this is to say that there is a momentum that carries us through our lives up to a certain point, that we have the freedom always available to us to change, and that just by focusing on what it is we really want, what it is we really need, and most importantly, on that freedom that we already have, that we already are, recognizing it, it's already there, and nurturing that, enhancing that, then from that place of freedom, the decisions just sort of somehow, at times, make themselves. They just sort of happen by themselves. We don't have to put a lot of effort or attention into making certain decisions when our attention is gently focused on and maintained on that essential point of freedom within. The sense of freedom within, the sense of who we are, is actually one sense. It is actually one substance, one essence, one reality. Who you are, who I am, who everyone is, who everyone who's listening is, is that essentially that pure, free, forever being of freedom. So freedom is the essence. Freedom is that which is really the, is the highest goal and is already within us. So it sounds in a way like a contradiction that we're making efforts and struggling or striving towards attaining that which we already have, which we already are. But nonetheless, in my experience, through all of the different things that I've observed and continue to observe in life, that's really how it is, that that freedom is most essential. And to let that be the guiding factor is truly the direction that I know my life has taken or that I want it to take and always wish it to take. When I was learning driving in high school, one of the best courses I ever take, took was driver's ed. <laughs> and in that class, I always remember one thing, which was the instructor said, don't look down at the road in front of you, because if you do, something could happen. Look off in the distance. Look where you're going. Look into the distance and let everything fall into place. You'll have the peripheral vision to know, to react to situations as they come up along the way. But keep your attention, keep your vision focused on that goal. So when the goal is freedom, focusing on that, remaining with that, just being very gently and lovingly to oneself, aware of that, and engaging in the practice or practices, whatever it is that supports that and the awareness of that, then all of the answers definitely come into place. It doesn't mean that we don't make efforts. It doesn't mean that we don't learn things and 
develop our minds and we do research and all of that's required, absolutely, definitely, but from a place of knowing the freedom that we already are, that we already have, that we've already been and that we always will be. Mm. Beautiful expression. I'm glad you touched on briefly on the power of meditation as a sweet way to strengthen that clarity to know because I think all of us have this innate desire for that which you so beautifully expressed and then I think a lot of the world and a lot of just the way especially in the West society is built there's not a priority placed upon practices like meditation maybe now maybe more in recent years with mindfulness and things coming up but like and I hope that we can speak about the practice of meditation more in depth in a little bit. But before that, I wanted to also ask you, maybe they kind of go together, about <clears throat> in all of your years of experimentation and observation through your spiritual practices, which I know are largely based around meditation, how you've gotten to the realization or how one could be inspired to get to the realization of knowing themselves as that free being of of coming to the answered state of um of what am i trying to say of what my true nature is like you so beautifully expressed like that the freedom is there and that our our true nature is freedom the practice is meditation but how do they come together? How can one start to take steps if they're truly inspired to find their true nature as that free being? Well, the thing is that they already are together. Like they are, it's already there. That's the thing. Like this sense of needing to discover something is genuine. It's there. But that which we're discovering or striving to discover is already there. That's really important to know or to remember. I feel that. The treasure that we all would like to have in terms of being happy and peaceful and easy and feeling that sense of being fearless and not ever dying and all of that, it's already there. It's already with you, with me, with everyone, all the wonderful listeners, everyone. It's already there, number one. And then it becomes a question of finding out why is it that I don't always feel that? Why is it that I don't always feel that way? And then what is it I can do to unfold the awareness of that? Somewhere everyone already is aware of it. This ties in with that secret I was referring to before. I feel that we all know, we all share, we all have. Is That secret is that we already are aware somewhere that there's so much more to me than only a human being. That this mind, this personality, this identity, this ego, this preferences, this traits, all of this. All of that is great. And I'm not putting it down for a moment. It's absolutely incredible and wonderful to be a human being, to be alive like this. But also, there's more to it. There's more to me than just this. There's more to you. There's more to all of the listeners than just being a human being. Without diminishing it or putting it down in any way. Rather, celebrating it all by saying you are this and so, so, so much more. So then how to find it, how to get to it. Well... The chances are very good that if any, whoever's listening here today has got some interest in this, has, is, on already, is already on a quest in some way, or has already done something 
has already perhaps done a practice that has brought them closer to that sense of that which is within. And it really depends on what your own perception is, how you're, how you're put together, how you feel, how you view the world, how you view yourself. Do Is this important to you, the things we're talking about here today? Because for many people, as you mentioned just a moment ago, many people perhaps, or many aspects or parts of society anywhere in the world, may not be interested in all of this. And that's fine. Whenever I, I feel everyone should be as happy and as fulfilled as possible. So, if someone wants to be happy, if one, someone wants to pursue a life of money, materiality, and just and not have anything, any, make any deeper inquiry, but they're happy doing that, then why should they not have the opportunity to do so? If, however, there is someone who has that inquiry by nature, very naturally by nature, it's that much, in one sense, is already there in a person who makes an inquiry further and wants to learn more and wants to go further down the road or the path back to themselves, back to their own true nature, to their true home, which is already there within. That's why we're curious. We're curious not just to learn about things and many different fancy gadgets and all sorts of different things that are available in the world. And this is an era of so many options and choices like we've never had before. But what is that choice that you can make right now that is going to serve you, that is going to really serve you, that is going to support your life and your, and your true nature and discovering it? If you feel this, great. If you don't feel it, if it doesn't resonate for you, that's fine as well. But speaking over here about meditation, for me, my experience, and I can only talk my experience. I, I've, I have no business talking about anyone else's experience. I can talk of it. I can say, oh, someone experienced this and that. But I don't really know anyone else's experience. I only know my own. And even my own can feel kind of confusing sometimes and sorting out different things that come up and so on. But the point being, I can only speak truly for myself. And speaking for myself, I would say that I consider myself very fortunate, as I'm sure so many people listening today also, to have the sense within that what I see, what I experience, and what I feel in life is not enough. I want to know myself as something bigger than all this. I don't want to be afraid of dying. I don't want to have that fear of death. Because we all know, regardless of who you are or where you are, that sense of fear of death is there in every human being. Even people saying, oh, I'm not afraid of dying, I just don't want to suffer. Well, even that suffering is kind of a function or a product of the fear of death. So myself, not being an exception of that, of course, I wanted to find what is that that can help lift me out of that fear of death dissolve that fear of death in some way. Is it possible? And somehow I truly believed and believe and experienced and continue to experience through meditation that it is possible to become free of that. And in so doing, become more connected to my true free nature because the true free nature that I spoke of earlier is free of death, mm -hmm. the fear of death. Can I ask a question? So, like, I'm just thinking of how... It's so natural to get caught up on language and I'm thinking from my own like curious standpoint when I hear about 
um, connecting with my true nature. Like the mind's tendency is to go towards like, well, death is nature. Like everything in nature is born and dying. So my mind can kind of only get to that point of death, which is why it feels a f there's a fear there. When I think of, I, I am afraid to die, but it's, it seems natural, only natural that death must occur on the body. So how can I begin to absorb that fear into that beautiful space that you're talking about, that ever-present sense when the mind can only get as far as death? And then at what's before or after where the mind stops is also a kind of fear because it's also kind of an unknown space for the intellect. It's definitely unknown to the intellect because the intellect can't grasp that which it's made of, that which has created it. You, however, if you're only your intellect, remain an intellect. And in that intellect is that fear. It's all very natural that that intellect, that mind, that body, the whole system wants to protect itself, and it should. And it's, we, we want it to be healthy and happy as best as possible for as many years as it has on Earth. But we all know that there is that reality always in existence that one day the body is not going to be here. So it really comes down to you. It depends on you. It all comes down to you. Knowing this, are you ready to accept that and just accept this is the nature of life, this is the nature of how it is, I'm going to get old one day perhaps and I'm going to have whatever suffering comes, I'm going to be afraid of dying and then I'm going to die. So if you accept all of that and that's basically what you've chosen, what you're choosing to accept, that's your freedom. It's totally your freedom. Once again, you're free. Like freedom has nothing to do with being free or not free. Freedom is, in this definition or the sense that I'm communicating it here, the essence, the fabric, the substrata, the fiber of everything that exists. Freedom alone is. Freedom exists in everything. And in that freedom, we exist as these beings that make choices. The choices we make might be towards more relative freedom or not, but ultimately you, I, and all of the listeners are free right now in that essential way, in that essential reality, as that essential reality. So the choices that we make will either reflect that or won't. And if choosing to accept that I'm born, I'm going to get old, I'm going to suffer, I'm going to die, if, that's, if that is as far as you want to take this, if that's as far as you want to go, then that's your freedom to do so. However, if you are someone who, as the same free being, chooses to not accept that I will only be that, that, I, that that is how it has to be and I have no options, then there's an opportunity to start looking at meditation, to talking about meditation, to doing meditation, and all of the things that are connected to meditation, spiritual practice, and so on. There's many, many things that are all in support of that, that can be looked at, can be talked about, can be implemented, can be unfolded in one's life. So it really, number one, comes down to you. Do you accept that life is about suffering and death, or do you have a sense within, from beyond, however you might want to look at it, 
that there's so much more to you and me and, and life and living than, than only this existence here on earth, which we all know very, very well is temporary. It's guaranteed. Anything that was not at one point and now is at one point, again, will not be. And yet all of this was not, is, will not be resides in something which neither is nor is not, that is forever free, forever just its own wonderful infinite self. And it is that self that is the capital S self that belongs to you, belongs to me, belongs to all the listeners, that is in fact all of us. And that by connecting with that, and the way to connect with that is through meditation. This has been, and again, this has been my experience, this is what I've observed and continue to observe is that to connect to that true self within, that infinite, unborn, undying, everlasting self that is forever free of pain and suffering, forever free of joy and happiness as well. Because either way, we're looking at one of the pairs of opposites or, or many of the pairs of opposites, back and forth, back and forth. So if you can conceive of a space that is neither this nor that, that is neither born or dies, that just simply alone is and exists everywhere. If that makes sense to you, and most importantly, if that resonates with you, then the practice of meditation can be very, very helpful, can truly assist in the unfoldment of this in a deeper, deeper, and deeper way. Beautiful. I love hearing you express because it really does, I know for me, because there is the desire in me that's very strong to get beyond the ultimate pair of opposites, which is birth and death. And when you express about the universality of that wonderful self, I hear it. And there is that sense of truth. Like when I think of, okay, that's my true nature that you're speaking of, because the being inside, like you said before, the self wants to know itself. So in my own awareness, I can see and hear when I'm in satsang or I'm in company of satsangis and we're having this discussion, like the being lets lit up because it's what I want to go towards. So for me, I know it's there. And then I'm hoping you can shed light for me and for the listeners, even just a little dip into the meditation where we can begin to allow the intellect and the whole system and mechanism, like you said before, begin to sort of pacify so that brightness, that brightness of awareness can become a little more potent in the, in the human waking state. Sure, absolutely. And one thing I'd just like to mention as we have this time to now explore for a few moments a bit of meditation, what's really fascinating, what's beautiful, what's so wonderful about all of this, I have found, and again, I often say this, have found and continue to find in my practice, is that it doesn't have to be, and for me it is not, an either-or situation. It's not that I am this or I am not this, or I wish to be this or I'm not this. It's an inclusive. It's all-inclusive. Everything that you are this wonderful human being that you are is welcome here. So I would never say you're not a human being, you don't have a personality, you don't exist, you, you are that space only. What I'd never say that because 
that space is so vast and free that it includes all of this. Everything is included. Everything is embraced in all of this. So that's, a, I feel, a really important point, that we're not discarding, suppressing, denying, cutting off, throwing away, parsing <laughs> anything that you or anyone is. We're starting with accepting and including everything that you are and I am. And then from there, adding, adding, always adding, enhancing, increasing the field, the vista of awareness within. And as it is enhanced within, so it becomes more and more available to view it in the so-called relative everyday world of forms and phenomena, where we're very often met with many challenges or different things that we have to deal with. So that's a really important point, I feel, is to say that everything is included, everything is celebrated, everything is enhanced through the inclusion of all that which already is. So that's our starting point. <laughs> Beautiful starting point. I, was, I love what you said, the vista of awareness within. That is a nice point. <laughs> yeah. So if you feel ready, we can take just a few moments and just explore the practice. And because of the nature of our time today, we won't have a silent period. Very often, silence is very important in meditation. However, we can also have, as we'll have today, more of talking and a little bit more of a few more words through our practice. And it'll be a shorter practice today. And that's the beautiful thing about meditation is it can be done and applied in so many different ways. So there's no one particular formula here. Again, it's about freedom, tuning into what is important for you, what is best for you by tuning in to your freedom within. So if you feel ready, I'd invite you to close your eyes wherever you are, whether you're sitting up, li lying back or lying down. So the moment that you close your eyes, you can observe we haven't gone to sleep, we're not dreaming, we're still very much awake. I sometimes refer to this space or state that we're in now here with our eyes closed as a kind of waking state plus, <laughs> if you will. And so we're very much bringing everything that we had, that we have in the waking state into this meditation and we've already begun to add one more thing. By having the eyes closed, the energy and the flow of energy within, which was engaging with all the different forms, phenomena, the colors, shapes, textures that we were observing outside, that energy is still flowing, is still present, it's still within, moving in the way that it will. And so it's passing through, moving through our bodies in whatever way it will, this beautiful, incredible, invaluable life energy In these moments, many of the answers sometimes we can find will reveal themselves to the questions that we have been asking, to the search that we've been on or that we're on. Many things become clear, including things we perhaps need or might wish to pick up, adopt, and begin, as well as those things which we might feel we want to leave or no longer engage with. And also, most certainly, the awareness is also there that reveals and shows and highlights that which is working already perfectly and beautifully for us. 
Everyone is different. Everyone is unique. And how wonderful it is that there is so much variety, so that there is so much diversity in our world, so that we can experience so much from each other, receive so much from each other, and give and share so much with each other. So all of this connection that we already share all focuses or resides in that place within, which is that life spring or life source within, which is already there, which has always been there, which always will be there. Our bodies, we all know, are temporary. And at the same time, we know that eventually the time is there, the time will come, the time will be there for these bodies to no longer be there. But that essence of who you are right now, this life source, this life spring within, which is shining, radiating, emanating through every pore, every cell of your being, that life force, that life energy, that life spark, that life electricity, that life essence that you have right now, that you are right now, that never dies. And connecting to this again and again, the memory of this becomes stronger. The familiarity of ourself with this becomes enhanced. And the experience of living life as this life energy pure in every moment becomes more and more expanded and more and more present, such that when and as the changes come, we accept them, we deal with them, we understand them, we experience them, absolutely. If someone dear to us is no more in their body, we feel grief, of course, absolutely. It's very important to be aware of that and to be in touch with that and experience that and go through that. But also to be aware that that essence that made them who they were is still here. That essence who makes you who you are is here now and always will be. All we're doing is creating an environment or an atmosphere or we could say a space for this meditation to happen. And once we've done that, it all happens by itself. We have not really to do much of anything in meditation other than just be, to observe, to have patience, and of course to always have respect and appreciation for ourselves and love for ourselves. Acknowledging the efforts that we've made, that we're making, to simply know ourselves as we are, to be with ourselves as we are, and to truly live this life in the most beautiful, expanded, joyous, and aware way that we possibly can. So just taking another few moments inside, observing, breathing deeply in and out, in your own time, your own pace, your own rhythm. And if there's anything you feel you might like to release in your breath on the exhalation, anything that may have been concerning you or bothering you, causing any sense of tension, worry, or agitation of any kind, if there is anything there, 
If there isn't anything, of course, no need to manufacture or make anything, but if there is anything you'd like to release, then just bringing it into the inhalation on this one breath in, and then exhaling, let it go, let it all go. And continuing to breathe in your own time, your own pace, and your own rhythm. We'll just take another few moments and then we'll move from the meditation space that we're currently very gently, very lightly experiencing and then come back to the level of discussion and interaction and see what the next moment brings and unfolds for us. So continuing now to be aware of each moment as it arises, as it manifests, and as it moves along. We can begin now to move from the meditation space and back into the level or the realm of the forms phenomenon and the conversation level, which is all so beautiful, such a beautiful expression of that space within, that light within. So if you wish, Taking one nice deep breath in, full deep breath, inhaling and exhaling. And then very gently, if you wish, only if you wish, rubbing your hands together, creating some nice warmth in your hands, in your palms. And then very gently placing your palms over your eyes without touching your eyes. So you may wish to cup your palms slightly looking into the space in front of your closed eyes, breathing deeply in your own time, your own pace, your own rhythm, allowing yourself to just be in this moment exactly as you are. And then when you feel ready, just lowering your hands down. If you feel ready to open your eyes, then begin to do so. And as you do so, please do so gently, slowly, softly so that there's no disturbance created to your body, your mind, to your nervous system as a whole, in any way, as you begin to see the colors and forms of the environment that surrounds you. And then once your eyes are open, just have a look around your environment, connect with, have a sense of connection, groundedness to your environment, to yourself, to who you are, to where you are, and if everything feels exactly the same as it did before, now, that's fine too. Nothing is expected of you. Nothing has to be any other way than exactly as it is right now. So just being aware of that. Most importantly, being aware of that awareness, of yourself, of that life energy, that life spring, which is undying, unchanging, and is you, forever you. This wonderful, wonderful, infinite, vast you that you are. Thank you so much. What a beautiful practice and just the way in which you guide the meditation is such an authentic expression of you which just flows so freely and purely and sweetly. And my own experience in the meditation was that through the guidance, and I think that's why perhaps for some people listening, guided meditations can be so helpful. Even for me, I, I meditate daily on my own, but the power that can come from within when 
having the awareness led in that way is really beautiful and sweet and it's a, it's a wonderful practice and even just opening the eyes after the meditation just 10 15 minutes really it's all it takes then i open my eyes and the sort of crispness and clarity with which the waking state comes into as the eyes go out as the awareness comes out the clarity that comes that is revealed in the meditation it's so obvious and potent for me when I open my eyes and it's there as well so thank you for that I really appreciate it and just to wind up I love to ask my guests at the end of the show to leave the listeners and myself as definitely the curious yogi for a point to take with us to contemplate in our own inquiry a question or a, a real key yawn point that we can sit with and contemplate the answer for ourselves from within? Well, on the one hand, I would say, I'd like to offer to everyone that the space of freedom, the space of clarity, the space of purity that we might seek in our lives is already there within. So just, if you will, I would invite you to just remember that, to remember that that purity is already within you, that expandedness, that all, that all the answers are already with you. You are actually that answered state, that answered being. And within that, dwelling on that, if you can, take some time in meditation or in contemplation, whatever works for you, to really tune into that which is truly important to you, which is really essential to your well-being, your wellness and your well-being, on a really essential nature, on this really essential level. Because it is there. And to recognize that a lot of the noise and the static and the things that come to us in our lives very loudly do not have to be entertained all the time that we can create a space of inquiry, we can create a space to really explore the curiosity within and to find that which is truly of importance to us. And if we can then add time and meditation, then certainly the unfoldment can certainly happen. So that's one aspect. And the other aspect is just to really believe in yourself and really have a sense of belief and trust in your perceptions. But even if the whole world tells you something and you know in your heart that it, no, it's like, it really is like this. Be authentic to you. Like really have the trust in your awareness that you already have and develop it in whatever way you can. Recognizing that all, every choice has a consequence, but recognizing Overall, that the choices that we make can lead us towards the real awareness of that which we truly are, have always been and always will be, that free, vast, eternal being of consciousness <laughs> and oneness. Beautiful and profound. I love it. And um, if anybody wants to meditate with you further and practice with you where can they connect with you sure absolutely i have a website which is 
meditation space online one long word meditation space online dot <laughs> com very simple and I also host regularly meditation sessions on Insight Timer, the app, meditation app, Insight Timer. If you've never heard of Insight Timer, I invite you to check it out. So it would be wonderful to have your presence, your wonderful company there anytime. And if you do come over to one of my sessions on Insight Timer, I'd really love to hear that you heard about my sessions through our talk today. And of course, I also want to talk about my wonderful friend Bobby Pidel, who has done this wonderful, wonderful time to talk today and given so much of her time and herself to create this. So grateful to you. And she also is on Insight Timer, so you can check her out there as well. Her beautiful sessions that she offers. She's truly a beautiful, beautiful, wonderful being. So thank you, Bobby, so much for creating this today. Oh, thank you, Kevin. I got a it was a mirror ping pong going there. I usually like to get the appreciation in first, but I appreciate the appreciation. And yes, I'll definitely put the website and the links in the show notes so people can practice with you and just continue on this path of expansion that we're all united in, whether you know we're doing it this way or the other way. It's just, I think... Such a beautiful theme of our day is that inclusivity and that oneness and that beautiful space that I know we both share and love, which is such a magnet in our connection and hopefully other people get lit up by it as well. And just thank you so much for your time. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a review. It really helps the show reach more people. If you'd like to have your greatest spiritual questions answered on the show, send them to me through social or email. And don't forget to follow on your favorite streaming platforms. Let's stay curious, connected, and keep walking the path together. Music graciously offered by Heidi Herdia Groschler. In oneness and delight, this is Bobby signing off until next time.